When you bring your child home for the first time, you want a baby monitor you can trust. When you choose Stork, you choose technology trusted to monitor 10 million babies in hospitals every year. Stork continuously tracks your baby's pulse rate, oxygen saturation, and temperature. Visit MassimoStork.com to learn more. Stork, a revolutionary baby monitor, is born. Stork is not a medical device. Read and understand all product labeling. Massimo data on file. There are a lot of variables that <laughs> you don't know how to count for ahead of time when you're cooking out in the wild. So just having snacks that are really hefty to make sure kids don't get hangry while that steak takes longer or you have to like keep restarting the fire or whatever it is that might delay your cooking. I feel like it's really great to make sure no one gets super crabby. Welcome to Didn't I Just Feed You, a podcast about feeding kids. Hi, I'm Megan. And I'm Stacy with another Summer Solutions episode. In this episode, we're talking about camping food. <laughs> Perfect <laughs> for me. You no, know, we might be revealing something that we both laughed uh, when you said camping food. Hey, but before we jump into it, we want to tell you about some exciting updates in our community that you may not know about. We recently revamped the Didn't I Just Feed You community to offer more options at more affordable contribution points and also better match the membership benefits to what you all said you wanted most, recipes and bonus episodes. As always, we still have a free community board where everyone, including us, supports each other with tips and recipes and ideas and just general camaraderie. It's honestly the most supportive community you'll find on the internet. I promise. Pinky promise. And if you're able to contribute to Didn't I Just Feed You, you can join as a supporting member. We offer new and more affordable membership tiers than last year. You can contribute just a dollar a month to keep weekly Didn't I Just Feed You episodes free for all. $7 a month to get access to our full recipe archive, which we build by one new recipe a week. $10 a month to get just those bonus episodes. And hear me out here. You only have to log in once to set it up. You never have to log in again. And $15 a month gets you all that and a bag of chips. We'll, um, maybe not. I shouldn't over not the literally. promise on the bag. <laughs> not literally. Not literally the bag of chips. <laughs> We're super excited about these changes. You can learn more about all of your options at didn'tijustfeedyou.com backslash community. Stacy, let's talk about camping food. Let's. Okay. I want to ask you a question. Okay. How many times do you think I've been camping in my whole life? Like 10 times. And I think that's being generous. <laughs> yes. <Arr>! No. <laughs> Wait, how many times have you been camping? I think I've been camping like four times. Glamping camping or no. car camping? No, 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 no. Camping. Car camping. So when the kids were little, we were part of this very lovely small community school. And at the end of every year, Isaac's class did a like a group camping together. There was a family who left Brooklyn. I think they moved to Boston, but they were like hardcore campers and they put together like a whole list and they organized and they picked the spot. So they really made it easy. And then we all divided and conquered prep on the food, which I was in charge of 
like organizing. It was so lovely. It was really lovely. I bet you might be surprised to learn that I kind of loved it and I always wanted to do more. Even though one year it rained so hard on us that I slept in a puddle of water. Like I still wanted to go back next year. Yeah. Like my air mat, like not my air mattress, my like pad. Yeah. Got all wet and soaked and I was in a puddle. Mike hates camping. (laughs) I did not feel surprised by that at all. It was like, nope, never have fun. Take the kids. He did it the three times too, (laughs) but he was not into it. I just loved how it made me feel joyful to watch the kids have so much fun, just running around with friends and getting dirty and, you know, swimming and camping over the campfire. But now that they're older, Isaac refuses. Mike refuses. I want to be a cheerleader because I'd like to do it. But I mean, also, let's be honest, like, I don't need to be with like complaining people. I was going to say, if no one else wants to do it, then like, it's hardly worth it. Yeah. Oliver was into it for a while. But now that he's getting older, also, we're all like princess and the pea sleepers. Okay. You have to have, everyone needs something different. Yes. Like Isaac needs to be completely alone. He can't have any other body touching him. It has to be cold. Oliver needs to be warmer and he needs to cuddle. Like Mike needs a mattress because his back and his shoulder and his comfort. And, you know, it's just. So I don't think camping is in our future. You're going to (laughs) probably have to take the lead on this. I do have some really great food memories and I'll chime in with what I remember was most successful. But I have a feeling you've been camping many more times than me. Many more times, many, many more times. Uh, one thing I, though, I think is good here is that camping food throughout the ages, like I'm saying from when I was growing up yeah. to like now, yes, really hasn't changed that much. It's That's not like so some funny. of the other episodes where it's like, oh, well, this is totally different now. Like how we fed our babies is yes. totally different. But like how I cooked car camping as a kid is not any different than how I cook car camping with That's my awesome. kids. That's part of what makes it such a wonderful memory, I feel like. Yes. Yeah. Well, so here's the like real, just like honest thing is we camped a lot when I was a kid because it was the only kind of like vacation trip that either of my parents could afford. So like I car camped with my mom, which was one experience in that like it was as down and dirty camp cooking as it could possibly be like the cheapest, easiest things that could just be thrown in the fire. And then my dad, who was, was, and is a restaurant chef, it would be like these very elaborate, like he, they cram the like Weber kettle grill into the back of the Camry. Like it sat in the middle between my sister and I, so that he could cook these elaborate grilled cooked meals. I love it. And like many more coolers of beers with my dad (laughs) than with my mom. (laughs) And there was one summer with my dad, I think I was like eight or nine, where every time we went camping, I would trip on something in the campsite and like sprain my ankle the first (laughs) night to the point where like in August, they were taking like spray paint to the campsite and spray painting the rocks orange just to try to prevent me from tripping. I had a spring ankle for a whole summer. Is it <laughs> hilarious or is it like a little bit embarrassing? 
I think it's adorable. And then we, Brian and I car camped all the time before we had kids. And we've only actually done it a handful of times with our kids, like outside of scout. Cause Ella was a girl scout yeah. for a while. So we yeah, did yeah. girl scout camping, which is, which is the, the best kind. Cause usually like a troop leader is like, you bring this. Yes. Everyone else brings this. And so you, and like, they give you the list of things to pack. And so you pretty much just get to show up with your list and like really enjoy it. Yes. That was what it was like for us. And it made it really accessible for yeah. people who aren't into camping. They're really in like really into systems. So like even the plates and silverware to bring and like what to bring to Washington, the Girl Scout troop leaders were like, this is what we're doing. And it's like, I, yes, give me a list. That's awesome. And I will show up. But I do have to tell you about car camping with my brother, my brother, Curran, who did not live with me during, this is not the brother who lived with me during the pandemic. It's my brother who lived in Boise when we first moved there. He is a, a wildland firefighter, aka oh, a smoke jumper. Yes. Oh, now he's a firefighter full time, but that's what he did when we lived in Boise. So he's like a person who jumps out of airplanes into fires, into forest fires, wildlife fires. And one of his friends, Kevin Norton, it was like really into the food on the trips because usually they just like have MRE style meals yes. or sort of like those dehydrated things. But Kevin was like into, he was like trying to figure out how to jump out of an airplane with like pizza dough in his pocket. <laughs> so that he, 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 he's, he's on the trip. Okay. So, I love Kevin. So just setting the stage, Curran is like a serious camper backpacker. We went camping with them one time in Boise and we followed them. I don't, this like crazy state road. Like we got so far into it. And I was like, there's no wake. If we have to leave in the middle of the night, <laughs> we are screwed. We're just here. It was September and it was like warm in Boise. And we got there and there was snow, snow oh, all over the campsite. And I was like, oh my God, this is going to be such a different camping experience than I expected. How was it? Uh, the food was incredible yeah. because <laughs> <laughs> I prepped everything, but I could definitely tell that between Curran, who's like used to MRE eating and his wife, Dawn, who is a, she grew up in the wilderness of Alaska. Like their okay. bar for camping food wow. is like much lower yeah. than my bar for camping food. Were they food. psyched? They were psyched. So appreciative. Like we had steaks and yes. like all this stuff the first night, like made tacos. The next morning we had like pancakes and eggs and bacon. And we did all this. Kern helped me because he is a really great cook. And now he like cooks for the firehouse. That's one of his duties now that he's a firefighter full time. But we cooked all of this food for all, there were six of us on two cast iron skillets. So nice. But it was so cold that we ended up like not sleeping in the tents. We ended up sleeping in the back of Brian's truck. And one of the dogs got sick and threw up everywhere. And then one of the kids got sick oh, and nice, threw up nice, everywhere. Nice, nice, cool. And the next day we're like, we're not staying another night. We're out. And we couldn't get Brian's truck to start because it was so cold. Oh my God. Yeah. It was like a two hour, two hour ordeal of like trying to get the truck to start. So I have had like both really memorable, really pleasurable camping experiences and also really miserable, really terrible camping experiences. Um, I just realized I had another camping experience without Mike or the kids, but I don't think it counts the same way. Burning Man. I like many, many, many years ago, we had a tent. I remembered because you were like, we ended up sleeping in the car. 
Yeah. Like we had tents set up and I was like, no, hell no. I'm going into the car to sleep. And I totally yeah. slept in the car for three days. Also, we didn't cook. Yeah. I imagine so, that you didn't at Burning Man. We did not. Yes. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Anyway, some resolutions. We're so. going to keep it tight. You already like mentioned half of my things, <laughs> half of my points. So top line thing is I would think a little bit about camp cooking like you would if you were driving to an Airbnb. Like you want to pack the few things, as few things as possible, but the things that you know will be essential. So a cast iron skillet for sure, a knife and like a lightweight cutting board. There are people who really prep and they're like, I'm not going to bring a knife at all. But inevitably you find something that you're like, oh, shoot we did need a knife. So like even just one small knife is great for camping. And then thinking about like packing oil or, and salt or seasoning things before you go is really essential to making it efficient and easy. And my, one of my suggestions, and this comes from Girl Scout camping, and I think it's brilliant, is like to make the first night where you're like, you don't know how long necessarily it's going to take you to get where you're going and get set up something that's like no cook or low cook. So maybe it is pre-assembled hobo packets because they're just like tinfoil packet meals that you can throw in the fire once you get it going. Or maybe it's honestly like sub sandwiches so that the adults can like worry about getting everyone set up and then they're not so exhausted that then they're like, now I have to cook a steak and baked potatoes and all of that. So make the first night really easy. That's so smart. Okay, what else was on your list, though? I want to know. I mean, I think it'll jump off. Yeah, you already like got more detailed. I was going to talk about cast iron because I think okay. that you can cook so, so much in it and it's virtually indestructible. <laughs> and it's just great. It becomes all purpose. Definitely, I love the knife and the lightweight cutting board. I was going to say packing a whole lot of snacks. And then I was going to talk about how important prep is. Yes. I think that prep is super important. You already kind of touched on it, but there's so much that you can make ahead of time that just makes cooking easy where you get to cook the fun stuff like on fire, but you don't have to be like doing a ton of chopping or prepping a vinaigrette. Like those things for someone who's not super experienced at camping like me, that stuff can get really frustrating and can take the joy out of campfire cooking because you're like, where do I balance this cutting board? And like, where's the jar? There's just too many pieces and there aren't enough surfaces. And probably I'm a little bit more uptight because I'm a professional cook and I'm coming from a place of like wanting everything to be in order and wanting to be able to chop quickly. So eliminating as much of that as possible, even though it made the days ahead of our camping trips a little hectic for me, really paid off for me. I don't know if everybody feels that way, but, and we always used to have a cold sesame noodle salad on the first night, which I think speaks to exactly what you were saying, where I would shake up the dressing. I'd prep a bunch of, you know, what we call them lunchbox vegetables. So cucumbers, pepper slices, just shredded carrot, have that all ready to go, have the soba noodles cooked. And then literally while everybody's setting up and the kids are going super wild because they just arrived tossed together in a huge bowl, a huge mixing bowl, which is another thing that I always brought, like a big, nice metal one, and tossed together a cold pasta salad. 
I think that's brilliant. You said peanut noodles, but then you also said pasta salad, which I get the correlation. But pasta salad is another great, like you could prep that and that could be first night dinner too. And also if you feel like you have efficient coolers, that kind of thing can be like next day's lunch too. Totally. 2024 is the year we're focused on finally reducing dinnertime overwhelm at Didn't I Just Feed You? And that means making grocery shopping easier and more cost-effective, especially when it comes to the foods we all tend to spend the most on, like meat. Enter ButcherBox, where you can count on incredible deals on premium cuts. At ButcherBox, you can choose a curated box or customize your order of 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork-raised crate-free, and wild-caught seafood, to stock your fridge with all the proteins you need for the week, month, or even the year at prices that are hard to come by at the grocery store. That's all your protein shopped for in one shot at great prices delivered to your door with free shipping. Just one change, switching over to ButcherBox, and you guarantee yourself fewer trips to the grocery store and savings that are hard to find at the supermarket. Dinnertime overwhelm be gone. ButcherBox is offering our listeners their choice of a weeknight meal essential, three pounds of chicken thighs, two pounds of ground beef, or one pound of premium steak tips for free in every order for a whole year. Plus, you get $20 off your first order. Sign up today at ButcherBox.com backslash D-I-J-F-Y and use the code D-I-J-F-Y, short for Didn't I Just Feed You, to choose your free offer and get $20 off. Do you ever feel like you're in a never-ending cycle of snacks and meals? We get it. That's why we're excited to share Home Threads, the ultimate solution for creating a stylish and functional family space. At HomeThreads.com, discover furniture that can handle the chaos of family life. From wipeable dining chairs to kitchen tables and light fixtures. Or you can just freshen up your kitchen with trays, counter lamps, decor, and other affordable accents that will help you update your kitchen into a room you love spending time in. Head over to HomeThreads.com slash D-I-J-F-Y, short for dinner I just feed you, to get a code for 15% off your first order. Because if you're going to be feeding them three times a day, plus snacks, you deserve a home that feeds your style. HomeThreads, love where you live. That's HomeThreads.com backslash D-I-J-F-Y today to get 15% off your first order. This episode is brought to you with support from Whole Foods. As our resident Greek girl, I am a sucker for Mediterranean flavors and want you to taste the Mediterranean too. Go to Whole Foods Market now and save on regionally inspired products through March 19th. Find sales on animal welfare certified meat, including boneless, skinless, air-chilled chicken breast, bone-in beef short ribs, ground lamb, and more. Save on whole bronzini and sustainable wild-caught sockeye salmon. And stock up on Mediterranean essentials like feta cheese crumbles, whole wheat pita pockets, and if you're over 21, wines from Spain, Greece, and Italy. Grab your ingredients and experiment with family-friendly Mediterranean cuisine today. Think Greek-style ground lamb pitas, lemony oven-roasted chicken, or bronzino, or instant pot short ribs braised in wine. All simple and delicious. Taste the Mediterranean now at Whole Foods Market. Okay, so let's talk more about snacks, because I also think that snacks are an essential part of camp cooking. And I think snacks can help make breakfasts and lunches more efficient, too. Totally. And dinners, too, because I feel like if you're, again, 
coming from a less experienced place, there are a lot of variables that <laughs> you don't know how to, you know, account for ahead of time when you're cooking out in the wild. So just having snacks that are really hefty to make sure kids don't get hangry while that steak takes longer or you have to like keep restarting the fire or whatever it is that might delay your cooking. I feel like it's really great to make sure no one gets super crabby. (laughs) Crabby. Yes, yes. Okay, in Make It Easy, you have this really awesome build your own like snack mix. And I think we always had corp growing up, which like, what, why is it called corp? I have so many questions about corp that I've never actually researched. (laughs) And like, why raisins? What the general why on the, you know what, can we, I would always use dried cranberries instead of raisins in like pretty much every scenario. Yeah. We've discussed how uh, fondly I don't feel about <laughs> grapes and raisins. <laughs> but I mentioned the um, snack mix, trail mix, and make it easy because one, there's nostalgia there for me, right? Like my dad, we always had gorp with us. My kids would just eat around the raisins like I did. So I am really into this idea of making your own trail mix as a snack. But also that's something that like you could serve over yogurt for breakfast or have alongside like bagels you toasted on the fire and a piece of fruit like as a breakfast option. I know that I was like, oh, we had bacon and eggs and pancakes. And pancakes are actually really fun to cook on cast iron. Yes. Either over the fire or on a camping stove. And you can like mix up the batter basically before you even go and have that your first morning there. But also like, uh, there's something about like lowering the bar for breakfast. Like make the most essential part of the morning, making sure that all the grownups have hot coffee. And like, maybe you have hot cocoa for the kids, but also those little cereal cups that you can buy, it's already in the cup, it's not even just the box of cereal, like bring those for camping food and fuel. Also pop and bake, pop and bake. So just the biscuits, you can put them in the cast iron, the cinnamon rolls, you can literally just skewer them and have the kids put it over the fire, like uh, s'mores, like as they would with marshmallows and it just bakes over the fire. And they'll think it's fantastic. Yes. Okay, lunch stuff. I feel like we just do sandwiches or cold pasta salad a lot for lunch. Do you have other brilliant things that you would make for camping lunches? Girl, you know I'm going to say hot dogs. I'm like, is no, she actually serving me up? Uh, I like hot dogs. Dinner. Oh, I like hot dogs at lunch too. I love hot dogs. Okay. <laughs> you just only eat hot, hot dogs. Hot dogs. <laughs> uh, hot dogs, I don't know. I was categorizing hot dogs in a in a lunch purpose mike six four i don't know how many hot dogs it would take to make him full at dinner time i guess if there's a lot of other stuff a lot of hot dogs no but i agree with you like sandwiches a lot of the food that's for dinner i think can work for lunch too using leftovers but prepping skewers is really nice for lunch too quesadillas like a a kebab skewer yeah you're thinking okay because i i would prep a whole bunch of them so you could do some for lunch, some for dinner. If you just bring a whole bunch and keep them in the cooler. Quesadillas, ramen. Yes, I was going to say that. Yeah. Um, macaroni and cheese boxes. 
Yeah. And then you can prep some mix-ins if you just want to have fun, like put a whole bunch of mix-ins out, but you know, just basically yeah. make mac and cheese on the campfire and then eat it plain or add that bacon with hot bits dogs. with hot dogs. Yes. Yeah. You can microwave steam broccoli and chop it up and put it out, whatever your kids like yeah. mixed in. What else do you do for lunch? I mean, that's the most it, right? of, of it. Yeah. I mean, I've definitely seen people do like the fancy, like a do like a cheese plate or a snack platter oh, at yeah. lunchtime, which like if you brought a cutting board, you can just set it up on there, do snacky things, include your trail mix. That can be a really low effort. That's yeah. I, like to me that like, even though I think of snack boards as being low effort, that's still more effort than I want to put in to camping. Lunch. I hear you. Yeah. And also it's a lot of that, just like cutting things up. I was going to say the Cabot cracker cuts would be great to bring on camping. I don't like having to like find a work surface when I'm camping. I can tell. Yeah. That's like not my thing. You know what I mean? So like whatever I can prep ahead of time. Also, I remember afternoons when we were camping being more by the lake. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know that we, or like we were hiking. I don't know that we were at the campsite as much. Or like out on a hike. So I think th the things that are like low, no, low to no effort or like pre-prepped, like a pasta salad, sandwiches, the cold peanut noodles are really great to have prepped for camping lunches. And if you put your picnic brain on, that's a great way to think about camping lunches too. Yes. Like, Hummus, individual hummus packs, chips, crackers, cracker cuts of cheese or string cheese, having all that kind of stuff that doubles as snacks too. Yeah. But I think that stuff is great to have around. Also, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that Brian, as like an avid climber, he likes those freeze dried meals that you can buy at like REI or another camping store. Yeah. They're not my favorite. I don't find them necessarily super filling either, but that's something I might consider as a, a lunch option. Like I, kn I know a lot of hikers actually will not boil water to rehydrate them, but hydrate them with room temperature water while they hike or while they're at the lake and then just eat them sort of like room temp later in the day. Yeah. If that's your game plan is like to be out and about for the day, maybe freeze-dried, dehydrated meal yeah. is the ticket. And aren't those designed to give you maximum energy? Yes. In theory. <laughs> maximum taste. I know. Well, I agree. But I was just saying, like, if you're hardcore yes, and you're yes. going to be climbing or you have older kids and you're going to be, like, biking for the whole day, you know, and then you're really only going to be at the campsite in the morning at the night, yes. those, I think, are really smart to consider. Yes. And they're packed efficiently too. They don't take up too much room, which is great. Okay. Let's get to the meat and potatoes. The literal meat and potatoes. The literal Dinner? meat and potatoes. Dinner. Dinner is the meal I like to put the most effort into because I think it needs to be the most filling. I think everyone sleeps better when everyone's had like a hot meal that's really good and they're very full. Yeah. Okay. So I know earlier I said hobo packets but i realized that's like actually old school that is a thing that's changed since i've grown yes. up we should just <laughs> Good point. call them Good point. foil packet meals yes which we like that is when i was a girl scout when i was growing up that was the thing we cooked the most over a campfire and it was fun because you could like the grown-ups can do the prep 
like cut up potatoes, cut up other veggies, make seasoning mixes. And then each person can sort of build their own packet with whatever like protein, veg, grain they want. And what's really great about that is there's like a whole, there are tons of foil packet meals for the grill too, that you can easily use to cook over the campfire or like in the coals of a campfire. Okay. So I have a couple of things to say and also a question. Okay. I love this idea that you, whether you prep ahead of time or you're prepping, cutting up the vegetables at your campsite and letting everyone put together their own. Did you ever pre-make foil packet meals and then just keep them in the cooler? That was something I would do sometimes for night one. No, I never have only because maybe we didn't do those for night one. Yeah. And I would be worried about the packet springing a leak. Right. Okay. Yeah. And do you prep the veggies ahead of time, like cut up potatoes and like trim green beans or cut up corn in the cob before you get I to the would. site? I would. Yeah. I would too. But I was asking because you, you're better at this than me. The other thing that I was going to say is add a head of garlic to one of the foil packet meals or just wrap it on its own. The first time you make it, especially if it's early in your trip, just cut the top. It's just like if you're going to roast garlic in your oven, you guys know how to do that, right? So cut off the top, put it in foil, drizzle with olive oil, close it up, put it in there because then you have this delicious roasted garlic that becomes a really easy way to flavor simply grilled steak or chicken, or you can spread it on bread instead of butter, which you have to keep in your cooler. That's just a fun little aside. Okay. The last thing I was going to ask you is, I know there are so many recipes out there and there's some go-tos, but are there any like super fun, maybe people wouldn't think of it, foil packet meals that you just want to throw out for some like out there inspiration? Many moons ago, I wrote like an orzo shrimp and zucchini foil packet recipe that sounds so good. That remains one of my favorites. And in that instance, I would bring frozen shrimp, let it thaw in the cooler overnight while like first night and cook that for the second night. I mean, I think you could even do a shrimp boil inspired foil packet under that yes. same reasoning and then just have like grilled toasted bread with it. I can't think of anything like yeah. wild and crazy, well, but that- I I mean, making orzo shrimp is kind of wild to me. <laughs> I think of packet meals as being like potato, corn on the cob, green beans, protein. Yeah. But it doesn't have to be. Like any quick cooking grain can be there as your carb instead of potatoes. So quinoa, orzo, um, rice even. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. So foil packet meals. What else? We talked about skewers. Mm-hmm. And I love skewers because you prep them ahead of time. It can be vegetables. It can be whatever you want, whatever's going to last in your cooler. And then you can eat them as skewers, but also it can just be a convenient way to quickly cook veggies and protein that you can put into, you know, to make fajitas or to put into tacos. Yeah. Or make like a pita wrap. Yes, yes. exactly. My, my one caveat there, is, and I feel very strongly about this, is that I know a skewer that's like veggies and protein, like all layered up in beautiful cutlers, like looks so great. It cooks like. So I'm please. so glad you brought that up because make a veggie skewer, make chicken skewers. Yes. Like think about it as prep as opposed to that pretty. I'm going to eat one skewer as a meal. Yeah. So glad no. you mentioned that. 
and thinking about you said veg, but I would also add like think about which veg is quick cooking and which veg yes. is long cooking. So like you're not going to put potatoes on the same skewer as tomatoes because they're going to cook it while like you're going to have shriveled dried up tomatoes by the time your potato is done. Yeah. So actually let's quickly go through it to be helpful. Zucchini, summer squash, zucchini, eggplant, even cherry tomatoes, I would put all together. Mushrooms. Mushrooms is great. Mm -hmm. Potatoes would be separate. I actually don't like potatoes as much on skewers because it requires so much prep. I like just having them and grilling them Mm because grilled potatoes are delicious. But um, what other veggie can go on a skewer that should be separate? I was also thinking about well, I'm maybe I'm thinking of like hearty veg that I would pack. Yeah, because you can do like green beans. Yeah, you can skewer or asparagus. You can skewer, which is a technique you see a lot of times for just straight up grilling too, where it's like you make a row yes. of asparagus or green beans and then run two skewers through them, so it's easy to flip them yes. and cook them that way. You use that technique for shrimp and prawns as well, but. I don't know. I can't think of other onions. Veggies. Onions would take longer. So if you yeah. wanted to do onions, potatoes, sweet potato, you would do that separately. Yes. Then there, then there are like some veg that I just wouldn't even skewer. Like I know corn can look really nice on a veggie skewer, but honestly, if I'm at a campfire, I'm probably going to throw it in the fire or in the coals in the husk or wrapped in foil totally. rather than trying to cook it on the skewer. Same thing like a head of cauliflower or broccoli, I would just roast it on the fire. Totally. And you guys, you can do that. It can be like the oven. You just wrap it completely or have it and wrap the halves and throw it in the, you know, throw it in the coals. And then like you said, there's so many proteins, like you can do chicken breast cut into cubes. You can make steak bites. You can do shrimp. You can do tofu, sausages, even cut up or hot dogs. Sausage. Love it. That's it. You're like, that's it. That's I, it. Sausage on my like, list had camping. its own line. <laughs> I was like, proteins. And then in parentheses, chicken, steak, tofu. And then I was like, sausage. It got its own yeah. line. Okay, wait, we, we have to talk more about sausage. Can I just finish saying, because you already mentioned it, like don't limit your skewers to just salt and pepper. Do Italian seasoning and a bunch of garlic and red wine and put that over pasta. What else? You can do like Middle Eastern spices and then do yogurt and eat it in a pita. Like there's a million ways you could make skewers for every night and just season them differently. Totally. Totally. And can we do a quick note on marinades that if you want to marinate your meat, you might want to make the marinade and pack it in a jar or in a separate Ziploc and then marinate your meat the morning before you're cooking it or the afternoon before you're cooking it. Don't take especially a high acidic marinade, in my opinion. And you can tell me if you approach it differently and add the meat as part of your prep and then get to the campsite in day two, cook that chicken. No, do not do it. No, you can have the weirdest texture. Weirdest. Otherwise. Right. So marinade should be separate. It does kind of beg the question if you could dry rub or dry yes. brine skewers or proteins of any kind that you're taking camping. Why would you bother with a marinade? So marinade is like kind of messy. You're like put in it in a squishy bag or a heavy container. And for what? So to throw away the liquid that the raw chicken sat in at the end of camping? 
I it's a no really for me. Get marinade. I mean, there are there are definitely some a, a handful of marinades that I really like. There's one from Winter Winter Chicken Dinner that's basically like lime juice and salt water, and then or lemon juice and salt water, and then oregano for making a Greek lemon chicken. But you can use lime juice, salt water, and cilantro. It's basically a brine with a little extra flavor and you do not let it sit for more than a half hour. Right. So, but that's like an at home recipe. Yes. You would make. Totally. Not a, I'm saying like for camping, we're just not marinating. Let's not marinate. Okay. So sausage, packet meals, skewers, sausage. I mean, sausage is so great because most of it, many of the sausages are already cooked and you're just like reheating it and getting that char. But even if it's not, even if you have a fresh sausage, just poke some holes, you can grill it, you can do it over the fire, you can do it in the cast iron. And it's like, it sausage is meat with flavor already built in. <laughs> Delicious. That's it. Breakfast, That's lunch, it. dinner, sausage. <laughs> sausage. Let's talk about some of the fun stuff that people like to make, like foil nachos, or people like to do hash. That's cute. But are you not into it? <laughs> No, I'm into it. I think that's cute. And I'm glad you said hash too, because that's one of my favorite campfire things to cook, which is oftentimes like leftovers from the night before. Yeah. Like throw it, having thrown potatoes in foil into the coals and let them bake and have some of those for dinner and then some of them for breakfast. Yes. Yeah. And I know people think of hash and eggs as a breakfast thing, but we love eggs for dinner too. I think it makes a great dinner. And speaking of eggs for dinner, pre-making a sauce like an enchilada sauce or a can of enchilada sauce or making a shakshuka sauce packing that up and then using that to pour into the cast iron crack some eggs in the case of the enchilada you can also you know do torn tortillas or crumbled tortilla chips and now you've got shakshuka or chilaquiles either for breakfast or for dinner as well Yum, yum. I thought you were going to say, let's get into some fun dessert things. I do want to get into dessert things. Let's do it. I know this is going to sound so terrible. We have a whole episode on s'mores. But this last summer, I really was like, are s'mores the best campfire dessert? Are they really? <laughs> like, especially, especially I feel like we need a Megan Swan opinion piece on this. Okay. My dear, sweet friend, Patty, who has been on the show, Patty Catalano, she writes for Kitchen. She had a horrible experience, I think it was last summer, where toasting marshmallows over the campfire with her kids, one kiddo caught the marshmallow on fire, started flinging it around to try to get it to stop burning, and accidentally flung hot molten marshmallow onto the other kiddo. And it just really, and then I had some experiences last summer just over like our solo stove in our backyard where I was like, s'mores are kind of difficult to make with little kids. I know it's like idealized. Yeah, I get it. Well, for camping, I feel like bonfire on the beach or in the backyard where like this is the activity and it can be for camping too. I love s'mores. I just think they're great. I know. for camping where there's so much other like stimulation and things going on and there's so much cooking happening over the fire. I love a good like cast iron approach to it. Like a whole bunch of chocolate chips on the bottom, mini marshmallows on top, 
breakup grams or maybe goldfish grams, put them on top and then, you know, put that cast iron skillet over the flames until it melts and let everyone kind of like dip or scoop. Yeah. And then you eliminate hot molten marshmallow (laughs) marshmallow being flung around. I was going to go like full into cast iron because you know that you can buy like a box of brownie mix. Yeah. You, ha- you probably packed eggs already and then you just need water and oil and you could bake a brownie in cast iron. Ditto like making a giant skillet cookie in your cast iron. The one thing is you'll want uh, either like a tight fitting lid, not tight fitting, but something that covers your cast iron or to bring additional foil so that you can cover it so it bakes all the way through. That would totally go brownie and then put like mini marshmallows and crushed cream crap crackers Yum. on top. Love that. Let me say that s'mores are too, mu- too much effort and too crazy to make with kids and then be like, but also you could make like jar ice cream or <laughs> bag ice cream to put on top of your brownie. Lots of effort, I, but listen, yes, but it's, can, it's yeah. fun. I mean, it kind of depends on what you're doing while you're camping. You know, if you've spent the whole afternoon doing something physically strenuous, you're probably going to want something low key, you know, really delicious dinner for the grownups. You're going to want to shake up some cocktails maybe, and then keep dessert easy. But if you've just been kind of putzing around the campsite and doing a little discovery and playing with sticks yeah. and whatever, I think that sounds like a super fun thing to do with little kids. Playing with sticks. I, love I don't you. know. Yeah. I was thinking of my, I was thinking of Oliver. <laughs> Oliver would play with steaks. You mentioned canned biscuits and cinnamon rolls as a tool for breakfast and uh, lunch and dinner. But those things are also good for dessert. Like you could do canned biscuits over the campfire and then do fresh fruit and cream for it with cream over it. Like I'm talking about a can of Cool Whip or Ready Whip over it. And can we please talk about canned pie filling? Because I never use it to make pies at home. Just because I actually like that part. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, a canned pie filling for weird campfire desserts is my jam. I love that. Uh, One of the families we went with had a pie iron and we would take like cinnamon raisin bread or white bread and put some like canned pie filling, either cherry or apple and close it up. And it's like a mm, so fun and delicious. And I've seen all (laughs) kinds of things where people have taken like, some people will take the can of pie filling and just put that over the campfire and do like pre-made dough or pop and bake dough like over the top to make like a top yeah. crust. I think that sounds delicious. <laughs> that super appeals to me. And I think it's kind of fun. Why didn't we talk about that as a breakfast option? Yeah, totally. That would be so good. Yes. Like a cobbler. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And then I, you know, we had done a couple of those, like split the banana down the middle, sprinkle chocolate chips and mini marshmallows, wrap it in foil and put that on the fire or campfire cones where you bring mini chocolate chips and M&Ms and all the stuff and they fill the cones and they wrap it up and put that on the fire. And my kids thought that was that kind of stuff was so fun. Yeah. Those are very kid fun. Yeah. Do you have any other genius dessert ideas? No, we talked about them We did it. So you guys, prep, make sure you have cast iron, get tons of snacks, and go camping. And then tag us in your camping food pics. Yes, that would be so awesome. So Stacy can live vicariously through. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) While I'm sitting pretty in my backyard. (laughs) 
<laughs> all right, you guys. You heard all our ideas, but if you want even more ideas, our community members have them. We promise so many ideas. We hope you've joined us at the community already. If not, again, you can join for free at didn'tijustfeedyou.com backslash community. Or if you want those bonus episodes or our recipe archive, go find out about our supporting membership options. You can also keep in touch with us on Instagram where we are at Didn't I Just Feed You or by signing up for our newsletter. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to Didn't I Just Feed You wherever you get your podcasts, like right now, right where you're listening. Or if you're already a subscriber, leave a rating or review or send this episode on to a friend so we can help more busy home cooks eat better, cook better, camp better. A huge thank you to our editors, Samantha Getzik. I'm Megan. And I'm Stacy. Stay sane and well-fed until next week. Be sure to subscribe to Didn't I Just Feed You wherever you're listening. And don't forget to rate and review. 